you have your Bibles, you can grab them quickly. We're going to flip to the Gospel of John. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to be in chapter 12, and we're going to just read two verses this morning. That's it, verse 12 and verse 13, just to kind of give us the direction that I really felt the Lord give to us this morning. And so, yeah. John 12, starting in verse 12, says, On the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches off the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Indeed, the King of Israel. Father, Father, touch us. Feed us this morning. I pray we would not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth today. I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. amen. Before you're seated, give three people a fist bump and tell them, say, God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan. CWC, how y'all doing today? Are you good? Come on, if you're good, shout, I'm good. Amen. Well, I know I am good for, for a couple reasons. Um, one, because I got a praise report. So got a second and a third opinion. I guess that's second and a third. I went like this, but <clears throat> yeah, three fingers. Great math skills. But second and a third opinion. And uh, it came back on the second and third opinion that I don't need surgery. Praise God. Yeah. And so I shared last week, you know, with you guys about my basketball injury. I want to be like Mike uh, injury. Um, and, and the doctors, you know, concluded that I'd, I'd ripped my hamstring. Now, the doctors, these two surgeons did say, you completely ripped the hamstring off, but your tendon remained attached. Amen. I guess that's the important part. So uh, praise God for that. So that's good news for me, but it might be bad news for you because that means you're stuck with me. Um, I'm just saying, like... You know, I bet you guys was hoping like, hey, we got a bunch of guest speakers coming in because pastor's going to be out on, I'm not out. So I am, I'm in it to win it. Amen. Amen. But that's great. But also I'm good because man, this is a, a good week to be a Christian. Amen. This is a good week. Matter of fact, good just doesn't quite encapsulate the magnitude of this week that we're walking into. To be quite frank, good is an understatement when we're talking about this week because for, for a Christian, for a Christ follower, this is the greatest week of all of humanity. The absolute greatest week. We have Palm Sunday today. We got Good Friday on Friday. And then we've got Easter Sunday next week. And so, man, this week we're, we're heading into, man, is an incredible week. Matter of fact, um, Bible scholars and Bible historians and theologians call this week we're entering into Passion Week. Passion Week, because it was when God revealed his passion towards us, and it came to fruition upon the earth and was made manifest amongst us. And and so what an incredible week. Now, now let me give you guys just a, a little bit of Bible college knowledge. Are you guys okay with that? Come on. Just, just a little tiny bit. Because I think it's important, right, um, to, to know the level of importance that the Word of God places on this week. I think it's good to know that. So that we can have the same kind of passion 
for this week like the word of God has this type of passion. So see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which by the way, those four are considered the gospels, simply meaning the good news, right? And, and the reason that they're the good news is because it's where God is revealing his plan for humanity. It's good news because of what Jesus has done for us, and that's what the gospels are laying out. And that's the first four books of the New Testament, right? God's unraveling his plan, his plan to save us. And, and it's amazing. And something that I find incredibly amazing is that the gospels show us the plan that God had from the very beginning of time. And the reason I love this so much is because it tells us that God isn't like us. Thank you, Jesus. That he's not like us. See, see, we start our day out with a plan. Somebody say, I've got a plan. Right? We start out the day with a plan. And then we've got to make adjustments throughout the day. Right? We react to situations that come our way. And we've got to, we've got to shift things based off of the issues that we, we face. Some of us do a really good job at that. Most of us do not do probably a very good job at that. Some days our plans work, but most days our plans don't work. But see, God isn't like us. God isn't an ambulance chaser. He isn't changing his plans based off of our mistakes. Glory to God. Right? He isn't changing his plans based off of the enemy's schemes. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that his plan always comes to pass, no matter what happens on this earth. Now listen, am I saying that everything that happens on the earth is God's plan? No, that is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is this, that, that earthly issues are not going to change God's plans. It's not gonna change it. And I don't know about anybody else, but I find this really comforting and really reassuring that God has a plan and it's going to, it's going to come to pass. That, that God isn't making this thing up as we, as we go along. He had a plan from the very, very beginning. Matter of fact, Revelation chapter 13, it says it this way, that before the foundations of the world was even formed, that the Lamb of God was slain for the sins of the world. Before the foundation, before he even shaped the world, he had already planned to have Jesus crucified for, for our sins. Before Adam was even created, God already had this in his, his plan. He already had in his plan to send his only begotten son to save humanity, which John 3, 16 and 17 reveals this really well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that so whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world or to judge the world, but rather so that they might be saved through him. That's amazing. This was God's plan from the very beginning. His plan to save humanity. And so the gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all trying to reveal God's plan to us. And they do this, and here's the, the Bible college knowledge for you. Okay, I went on a lot of things to say this. 
But this is, this is the fact. So 89 chapters is what consists of the four New Testament gospels. There's 89 chapters in those four books. And out of the 89 chapters, there's only four chapters in all four books, just four chapters that deal with the first 30 years of Jesus's life. What do you think about it? Just, just four, just four chapters to deal with 30 years. And the other 85 chapters deal with the last three years of his life. And out of the 85 chapters, 29 of those chapters deal with the last week. Think about that. 29 chapters to talk about this this last week, revealing to us the importance of this week, the importance that God placed upon this week. The fact that these gospel writers felt it necessary to spend 29 chapters explaining and revealing one week of one man's life should reveal to us the importance of that week that they're speaking about. I'm going to give you just one more fact so you have a little bit more Bible college knowledge, okay? Come on, somebody. So you can say you went to Bible college today. But, but one more fact of it, okay? You guys okay with that? Come on, tell your, neighbor, tell your neighbor he's going somewhere. Don't check out. Don't go to sleep. Praise God, I'll call you out from the pulpit. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. But today, we're celebrating Palm Sunday, right? Marks the start of Passion Week, The Bible refers to Palm Sunday as the triumphal entry. That's the way it labels it. It explains it's the triumphal entry. That's what's in your subheadings. And when you get to that part of the story, triumphal entry. And we read just a little small snippet, very small, two verses, in John chapter 12, according to the the gospel of John. That's, That's what we read. But, and here's what I want to give you, but... John's gospel isn't the only gospel that writes about this account. It's not the only one. Matter of fact, all four gospels tell this story. All four of them. All four writers of the gospels found it necessary to write down what they had seen take place on that day. All four of them. Which again, reveals to us just how important this this event was in the history of mankind. If they felt it necessary, all four of them, to write them down, I think it's necessary for us to spend the time to study it, to know it, to ask God to reveal things things through it. And that's what we are believing today. Amen. 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 And the title of today's message is, drum roll please. Yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The planned miracle. Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. She does it for me. She's got my back. The planned miracle. Come on, say that with me. The planned miracle. Tell your neighbor again, God has a plan. God has a plan. See, this this event, right, this event, the triumphal entry is revealing God's planned miracle in saving humanity. That's what it's revealing. See, see, Palm Sunday, right, it started the, the countdown clock, if you will, to God's miracle plan, planned miracle to save humanity, for it to come to fruition. This started the final week countdown today. 
And this is something brand new that God showed me in this, in this story. That he was trying to reveal his perfect plan for humanity. But yet man missed it. And, 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 I, and I love it. I love it because that tells me this. No matter how long I've studied God's word. No matter, no matter how many times I've read a specific story in God's word. God's still trying to reveal something brand new through it. Sometimes like, I'll get caught up in my own head and I'll be like, oh, I've already read that and I'll skim it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I don't really need to know. I already know those details. So I'll just kind of skim that and get to the good parts and, you know. But man, don't skim the word of God because God will reveal something brand new that you've never seen before. Listen, I've preached this story at least nine times, okay? Because I've been lead pastor for nine years now and I preach it usually once a year because it's Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday. So it's, you know, you preach it. Now, now to be really honest with you, these are always the toughest messages for me to, to prepare and to preach. It, it really is. Because I get wrapped up in my, in my own head because I already know it. I've already said it. Right? And so I get all wrapped up in my own head and I go back and listen to old messages and I, I review old notes and, and I'm in there trying to think like, how can I be more creative? How can I pull something brand new out? Because after all, I don't want to say the same things over and over again to you guys, but how many times can you preach the same story, but make it sound fresh? You can't do that. God does that. <laughs> Only God can, can do that for us. But first, right, but first I... I tried to come up with my own plan. I really did. I, I tried to figure out how to bring something new out of it. And I beat myself up all week over it. And then when it, when it all said and done, right? Because I'm trying to come up with my own plan. And when it's all said and done, the week's over, I still got nothing written down. And I'm like, uh-oh. Okay, Jesus, it's Saturday. Now I'm ready to listen, right? Like, because I'm up against the clock. And... And I'm like this on most holidays, by the way, most holiday weeks. And um, what I found out though this week that, that God revealed to me this week is that if I'm busy doing all the talking and all the planning, then I'm not listening to the one who should be doing all the talking and all the planning. We can't listen if we're talking. Can I get an amen? amen. Can't listen if we're, we're talking. And so this is what God reminded me of this week, that, man, we are supposed to be a people who are listening and looking for the will of God, for the plan of God for our lives, not the ones planning and talking. God, God what do you want to do? But, but you know what else God so kindly reminded me this week? When I was literally freaking out, I'm just saying, I'm not sure if I can say that from the pulpit, but I did. Um, I'm telling you, I was losing my mind yesterday. I asked my wife. She's like, would you calm down, dude? I'm like, well, well I ain't got nothing. You know? Lord, help me. But God revealed to me, not only was I doing all the talking, and I need to shut up and listen, but also that he's got my back, that God's got me, that he'll never, that he'll never fail me. He'll never fail me. Even when I'm the one messing up, he's still there to, to encourage me and to, to give me what I need in the moment that I, I need it. And I just need to trust that. And, and, and did you know at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for us is just to trust. Yeah. Trust that God, that God has a plan. Trust that thus saith the Lord, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord of hosts. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope 
and a future. See, we need to trust that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no shadow or variation due to change. He's, he's the exact same and he's always trying to give good gifts and, and give us good plans. See, we, we got to trust that he is working all things. Someone shout all things. That he's working all things together for our good and his glory. See, see, we, we've got to trust that, that no matter what we're dealing with, we've we, we got to trust. We've got to trust that, that, that God will take what the enemy means for harm and use it for your good. It, it's amazing. We've we, we got to trust this, man, because this is so important for you, for you to realize. We've got to trust that whatever the enemy has taken from you, God will make him repay you a hundredfold for what he stole from you. This is what the Bible tells us what it tells us and so man we we must we must trust trust his word and trust in his plan amen, amen. trust it and this story the, the triumphal entry right it's it's his plan beginning its final countdown because the crescendo is coming it's coming it's it's one week away the crescendo of it all one week it's amazing and God was trying to prepare them for what he was about to do in a week, but they missed it. But, you know, as I was, was praying and, and studying this, the Lord took me to Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 8. And we're just going to read it quickly. And, and, and this is what it says. Do we have that? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, nor are your plans, my plans, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my plans higher than your plans, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I Desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. God's saying, if I've thought it, if I've spoken it, if I've even whispered it, it's going to happen. It's not going to return to me. Just like when the rain comes down from the heavens, man, it waters the grass and makes the grass grow. So my word's going to accomplish exactly what it was meant to set out to accomplish. So my plan will always come to pass. And, and you know, it's wild because after the Lord spoke this to me, I, I got to admit, man, I started repenting before God. I was like, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Because I just spent an entire week, wasted my whole week trying to come up with my own plans. Thought I could, I could handle the plan. Because after all, God, I've been preaching for so many years. And man, I got this, Lord. I mean, come on. You know, I know this story. We'll just, you know, I got it. I got it. Wasted the entire week. And because I was so busy trying to come up with my own plans, 
I almost missed what God had planned because I had something completely different direction that I was going today, 100% different, but I just felt like, man, this ain't it. I couldn't get past this. This just ain't it. God, this is not what you want for your people, which thank you, Lord, for the grace of God that's so overwhelming that he, he at least allowed me to feel that much in my heart that I would shut up and start listening to him. And so what the Lord is very, very simply saying here in Isaiah 55, he's saying, look for my plan. Not your plan. Look for my plan, not your plan. Listen for for my thoughts. Don't listen to your own thoughts or the enemy's thoughts. Look for my ways. Don't try to make your own ways because my plans, my thoughts, my ways, all of them are higher than all of your thoughts and plans and ways. Mine's higher than all of them. Very, very simply stating this. Listen to me, look for me, because I know better than you. Because I know better than you. So look, guys, I have a, a five-year-old son, most of you know. His name is Abishai. It means a father's gift, by the way. The, the Lord gave us that name, and he really is a gift to our family. But this little dude, man, he, he just started playing sports, okay? So he's five, and, and not that he just started playing sports, but he really started to get interested in it now, right? He's, he's really, you know really going after, after it. And listen, before I started getting older, <laughs> I could play a little bit. Like now I just, when I play, I get hurt. You know what I mean? I tear hamstrings and bust knees and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Even when I don't do anything, even when I just step, I'm like, oh, yeah, there goes another hammy. You know? <laughs> but there was a time, I promise you, when I could play a little bit of ball. And listen, I played sports from the time I was his age. Right? I mean, I started really, really young. You can, my dad will vouch for me, really young. And I played constantly. And so I've been playing sports. I'm almost 41 years old. I'll be 41 in a couple, couple years. By the way, that's a testimony of God's goodness, by the way, uh, for real. But, but, so I've spent over 35 years playing sports. And so I sort of like to think I know what I'm talking about when I'm dealing with, with, with sports. But I'm telling you, this kid won't listen. He won't listen at all. He knows how to hit a baseball better than me. He knows how to shoot a basketball better than me. He knows how to dribble better than me. I try to help him. Hey, son, if you do this or you do that, man, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll save you a lot of heartache, you know, if you, if you do this. And he'll look right into my eyes and he'll say, Dad, I'm better than you. And I'm telling you what. He doesn't crack a smile. He says it with such conviction in his voice that it almost convinces me of it. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, he probably can shoot a basketball better than me, even though he can't get it to a 10 foot hoop. I know that, but, but I mean, he's so confident about it. Maybe he almost convinces me of it. The other day, right? He was telling my wife, Julie, right? He says, hey mom, hey mom, do you know who the best basketball player in the world is? Not the best basketball player in Tyrone, not the best basketball player in Pennsylvania, not even the best basketball player in America, the best basketball player in the world. So my wife, you know, she's been around me long enough, watched a lot of sports. And so she starts rattling off NBA players, you know, like LeBron or Kevin Durant or James Harden, you know. She, he's like, mom, 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 I'll give you a hint. He plays for Del Grosso. <laughs> I mean, listen, 
dead serious, cold-blooded, just stone-faced, no smile, nothing. Just for real. I'm the best basketball player in the world. I just throw my hands up at this kid. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, what do you do with that? I'm not sure what to do. I, I, I'm literally, I'm at a loss. I'm actually working through this with you right now. Like I'm in a counseling session. You, you guys are my counselors. I'm, I'm trying to work through this because I have no idea. I just throw my hands up like, I don't know, Lord. I, what am I going to do? And you know, I wonder how often God feels this way with us. I, I just I just wonder. He's like, I, I know what's best for you. I know better than you. I know better. I can help you hit better. I can help you shoot better. I can help you dribble better. I can help you be a better husband. I can help you be a better wife. I can just help you be a better person. I can, I can do all that, but we're like, God, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Tyrone, and I'm the best human on the planet. Like, how often do we... Did we do this? God, I, I got it. I got it. I know better than you, God. And so I'm going to come up with my own plans. I'm going to do my own thing. And we failed to realize that if we would just listen to him, it would save us a lot of heartache and a ton of heartbreak. Because he does have the perfect plan for us. We may have a plan, but his plan is perfect. It's perfect. And this is what the story of the triumphal entry is trying to reveal, his planned miracle, this perfect plan to save humanity. He's trying to reveal his plan. And one of the major themes in this story that God pointed out to me that I'd never seen before was that this was his plan trying to be revealed to man, but man missed it. They completely Missed it. Some of you look at me like I'm crazy. So let me, let me explain it to you. I'm, I'll prove it to you. In John chapter 12, it says this, that while Jesus was on his way into Jerusalem, on his way into the city of David, the people grabbed palm branches. Palm Sunday. They grabbed palm branches. And they began worshiping him. And they began shouting to him, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of of the Lord, and their very next phrase, what they say next, reveals how they missed it. Indeed, the king of Israel. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Indeed, the king of Israel. See, see, all of these people, including the disciples, by the way. All the people who had believed in Jesus, all the people who said, I want to follow Jesus, all the people that, wanted to, that said, I want to, to serve Jesus, all these people had their own plans for Jesus. They all had their own plan. See, they wanted Jesus to become the king on the earth over Israel, to set up his throne in the city of David, upon the throne of David, because he was the son of David. And they all knew this. See, they had a plan for him. They wanted Jesus to rescue them. They wanted Jesus to free them. They, they wanted Jesus to give them victory. But their plans wasn't God's plans. Their thoughts wasn't God's thoughts. God's thoughts. And was it a bad plan on their behalf? Was it bad? No, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't God 
and it wasn't God. You know, I'm reminded of the time when, when Jesus is trying to tell Peter the plan. And, and he says to Peter, he says, hey, hey, Peter, look, man, I'm just gonna let you know, let you in on a secret. Not many days from now, I'm gonna be crucified for the sins of the world. And Peter rebukes Jesus. He begins to rebuke him. Far be it from you, Lord. This will not happen to you. You will not die. I won't allow it. See, what Peter was saying was this. He was saying, I have plans for you. I got something I need you to do for me. And so you can't, you can't die. You got to fulfill my plans first. You got to take care of me first. Jesus looks right at him and says, get behind me, Satan, for yours is the plans of man. I have the plan of God. See, Peter was so busy making his own plans. He missed the planned miracle standing right in front of him, trying to tell him plainly what the plan was. See, all the people of Israel in this story, including Peter, all these people, including all the disciples, what's happening to them is they are under the tyranny of a Roman empire. This is what is going on, the historical context of, of the book. It helps to know these things. They're underneath the Roman oppression. The Romans took everything from them. They were basically slaves to them. I mean, they took their lands. They took their wealth. They took everything and anything they wanted at any moment that they wanted it. I like that house. I'll take that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people leave. I don't care. Get out. I'm a Roman. And this is what the people of Israel were, were dealing with. And so these Jewish people, including Peter and all the disciples, man, they had read the Old Testament stuff. They had knew the prophecies. They, they knew that their king was gonna come riding on a donkey, a colt of the donkey, which is what Jesus did on Palm Sunday. They, they knew all that. But see, they thought in their hearts, their plans, their own thoughts, they thought the Messiah was coming to save them now to save them right then. They thought Jesus was coming there to overthrow Caesar and set up his throne in Israel. So they thought this is what Jesus was going to do for them. They thought this is it. Hence the triumphal entry. He's coming in to be crowned king over all Israel. Riding into the city of David to divide and conquer the Roman Empire. All these people came to Jesus, even the disciples, because they wanted something from Jesus. They had their own plans for him. And so they start shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which by the way, by the way, Hosanna, I did a word study on it because I actually didn't know that it means this. It means save us now. Hosanna means save us now, not highest form of praise and praise, which a lot of people think that's what it means. It means save us now. So they're shouting, Jesus, save us now. Save us now. Indeed, the king of Israel. And because they were the ones doing all the shouting and the talking and the planning, they missed God's plan. They missed the plans of, of God. See, they thought Jesus was gonna save their earthly treasures. They thought Jesus was gonna give them back their earthly inheritance. They thought Jesus was gonna give them a better life now so that they could live their best life right now. But see, he was 
interested in giving them something so much better and something so much greater. And you know, I wonder how many of us and how many times we do the exact same thing to Jesus. The exact same thing. We've come to him because we want him to give us something. Give us our best life now. This is why the prosperity gospel is, is poison. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not saying people, I'm saying the message is, is poison because then you, you think you're coming to Jesus to get things So Jesus does things for you. No, no, you come to Jesus to give him your life. That's what it's about. That's the gospel message. But this is what they wanted. They wanted their best life. How many times have we done the same thing? We want him to give us a spouse, so we come to him. We want him to give us prosperity, so we come to him. We we want him to do something for us, and so we come to him. Instead of coming to him, simply for him. Just the beauty of who he is. Instead of living our lives for him because of what what he already did for us. And in this story, the triumphal entry, right, this is what these people are doing. They didn't come for him, simply for him. They came for him because they wanted something from him. And today I just really felt like the Lord wanted to challenge us. Trying to to get us to realize, first of all, that he has a great plan for our lives. Great plans for our lives. And see, in this, this story, these Israelites thought that the best plan was for him to deliver them from the Romans. They thought that was the best plan. Man, we got this figured out. This is the best plan. But God's plans was more than just saving them from the Roman oppressors. It was to save them for eternity, not during this short stint of life. Life is but a vapor. It's here one moment, gone the next. So why would we come to Jesus asking him to give us our best life now? I need it for eternity. I don't need it for right now. Man, this life, it's, it's in and out, gone. I mean, I'm 41 already. You know what I'm saying? Like this thing just goes. I mean, it's super fast. Whatever he wants to give me here, cool. But man, I want my, I want my inheritance in heaven. But see, they thought the best was right then. That was their plan. Did you know the Bible says this, that the foolishness of God is wiser than any man's wisdom? His foolishness is wiser than any of us. The greatest plan we can come up with is foolishness to God. In other words, God knows best. And we must trust that he has perfect plans for us. And here's the amazing thing that I've figured out is if we come to him for him, he will reveal his plans to us. He'll reveal his plans. When we come to him for him, I just want you, Jesus. Just you. I got no agenda. I got just just you. He begins to speak and reveal his plans. You know, I can remember before I really dedicated my life to Christ. Before I said, Jesus, I want to serve you. Far from perfect, obviously but my heart is his. I've been captivated by the king and I can't ever go back to who I once was. I've been completely smitten with him. 
But before I got to the point to where I was coming for him just for more of him, I wanted him to fulfill my plans for me. I really did. I just wanted him to get me off drugs. Like I, I was sick of doing drugs, praise God. Addicted to heroin for eight years, I was done. I was tired of it. Couldn't hold a job to save my life. Couldn't, couldn't do it because of the addiction. And all I wanted was God to get me off of drugs and give me a job. That was it. That was what I prayed. And I remember telling Jesus all the time, Jesus, I'll serve you. I'll serve you if you get me off of heroin. If you get me off of it. I'll go to church every Sunday, Lord, if you give me a job and I can hold it. But you know what I've realized over my life now in serving him? He had something so much better and something so much greater. Do you know why? Because he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever think, ask, or imagine. He wants to do that. He desires to do that. See, Jesus didn't want to just get me off of heroin. He didn't want to just give me any old job. He wanted to use me for his glory. He had a plan for me. He wanted, he wanted me to, to be a pastor. Man, listen, 11 years ago, that would sound absurd. Literally absurd. Matter of fact, people back home still can't believe it. They still can't believe it. They're like, there's no way. How did, how did this happen? Opens up a lot of doors for me to minister to them. Because Jesus, only Jesus can do Jesus stuff. Only him does the, only him can do these things. Yeah. He didn't just have this little simple plan for my life. He had something extravagant for me. Beautiful wife, two amazing kids. His plans were higher than my plans. His thoughts towards me were higher than my own thoughts towards me. And the moment I decided to serve him for him was the moment he began to reveal to me his plans. This is what I've called you for, son. This is what I need you to do in order to get to there, son. It's amazing. And, and here's, here's, here's really good stuff. And because he did it for me, he'll do it for anyone. He, he'll, do it, he'll do it for anyone. Anyone who will just come to him for him. He'll begin to pour out his favor and his blessing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Come on and stand to your feet, please. see this these people in this story in the triumphal entry they miss God's plan because they were making their own plans and see the danger let me tell you the danger of missing God's plan here's the danger is they went from crown him to crucify him in five days I want you to think about that five days five short days they went from crown him king do what I want him to, I need him to do what I want him to do, so crown him. But the moment he didn't do it the way they thought he should do it, they they cried, crucify him. It reveals to us, this is why it's so important for us to be listening for God's plan. Because if if we miss God's plan, man, we can find ourselves in a really dangerous spot where we're blaming God, we're angry at God, we're upset at God, We're cursing God if we miss his plan. This is why it's incredibly important for us to be listening 
and not always doing all the talking and planning. Listen, God has a, has a plan for your life. He's got a plan for your life. His plan is obviously to save you, to set you free from sin and shame. Hallelujah. That's his plan. His plan is to draw you so close to him that you look just like him. (laughs) You talk like him, you act like him, you love like him. That's his plan. And so the only question that we have to answer, the only part of this we answer is, will we allow him? Will will we allow him? Will we allow him to fulfill his plan in us? Will we allow him to set us free from the cares of this world and all that tries to entangle us? Set us free from the sin that so easily besets us. Yeah, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for each and every person within the sound of my voice, God. And I pray right now by the Holy Spirit that you would begin to touch our ears so that we can hear your plans. That God, you would touch our eyes so that we would fix them on you. From this point forward, God constantly consulting you, Lord, what would you have me do? What are your thoughts towards this situation and this person? God, God, what is your way here? Show me your way. I pray that's where our heart would, would come to, that we come to that type of place here today. Lord, help us not miss the plans. And I pray your grace over each and every person here. That your grace would encompass them and envelop them. Hallelujah. Just keep your heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Before we we close this service, I just want to ask, feel like we need to ask, is there anybody here that would like to give their life to Jesus? That today you're saying, hey, man, I want to give him my life. I've decided I want to follow Jesus. And man, I'm going to take this step on on Palm Sunday to hop into Passion Week with a brand new found passion and dedication to Jesus. If that's you this morning, you could just lift up your hand where you are. We're not going to have you come up or anything, but amen. Yeah, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for them, Jesus. Holy Spirit, draw, draw your people. Draw them, draw them, draw them. Now let's all just pray this prayer together with with those who have decided to go after Jesus today. So repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And so Lord, right now, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. So Jesus, I receive you. Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, I give you my all. Come on. The Bible says this, that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I thank you for those right now that just first took the step 
into salvation or maybe it's been a step they've taken previously but life has a way of 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 beating us up and so god i speak i speak your favor over them and your protection over that that seed that was just planted the seed of salvation god that was planted in their heart i speak protection over it in jesus mighty name